0: Hello, everyone. It's T Bone. Uh, Before we start this week's episode, just a little clarification. Uh, We have Gino Padula on as a guest at the end of this podcast. I want to make sure that that's clear up front. Uh, When we started recording the podcast, we didn't know we were going to have Gino on as a guest. But as it worked out, Beamer and I spent about 20 minutes talking about the crew redesign logo. We were going to talk about other things. And unfortunately, his dog took a crap all over his floor. So we had to cut our podcast short. But the good news was I had been working on an interview with Gino Padula. We ended up getting that set up prior to this. So now you get to hear both of those things together. And Gino has lots to say about the crew and his soccer academy. So I hope you'll listen to all of that. Anyway, we didn't set that up in the first part of the podcast. So I wanted to make sure it was clear before we start. All right. So buckle in for crew reaction and Gino Padula next. (laughs)
1: Can they do it here? Cross and Dead Seas tonight again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can
2: you believe this? Go, go, USA. This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible. Described by two uglies. Stupendous. Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius.
0: Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am a distracted (laughs) Beam. Why are you distracted, Beamer?
1: Well, currently, Bone, uh, as you know, we returned to the studio last week. You were on vacation, didn't do a podcast, and at the time that you left, uh, we adopted an eight-week-old puppy, so I am oh. currently in my house on a Zoom call with a puppy that may give me some struggles today, but I think we'll be okay. I think we're going to be all right.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's uh, I, I feel your pain on that. We adopted a puppy last year, and uh, yeah, it was a stressful time for sure, so... Good luck with all that enjoy cleaning the carpets. i don't know how you
1: have kids I
0: don't, uh, I, dude i don't know either we we about lost our minds after that i, I we committed to keeping the dog we were going to take the dog back but there were days where i'm like i don't know what we're doing this is we're just up and we're all mad and everybody's crying and i don't know how we're <laughs> i don't know how we're going to do that's this
1: exactly that's exactly how i feel right now <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah well good luck with that and hopefully not too much of your furniture gets chewed up ours we had a we had a uh ottoman that bit the dust thanks to our dogs so yeah Yeah, i'm letting him chew on a
1: shoe right now that's good i'm entertained so i'm not (laughs) not stressing out about it
0: yeah you can always get more shoes that's right of course um so we're going to talk about the crew quite a bit today obviously there was a rebrand situation but we're going to start off talking about the actual game from last night because that was disappointing in a different way man what a week this has been Beamer. they lose two to nothing to toronto they just didn't look good at all they couldn't the defending looked bad they couldn't finish any chances they did generate which weren't a ton of them yeah this is a team that's struggling right now on the field and they've got injuries that's part of it but they got to get it sorted out you don't want to see you don't want to see losses starting to pile up it's only their first one of the year but they they looked like they deserved a loss in a couple of the games they've played and just haven't gotten one yet so yeah this is this is now it's finally come to bite them.
1: Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, it's just, it's not a great start to the season. Obviously, expectations high coming off the MLS Cup and hoisting that trophy at the end of last year. I think everybody had different expectations. And again, I mean, we're early on in the season. Is it time to press the panic button? No, absolutely not. You look at the way that this team has played T-Bone. I mean, last year, certainly Kings of MLS, you're feeling good about that. But, this you know, that's a team that's played a lot of games already. I yeah. mean, this has been, you know, quite the quite the schedule for them. So you'd like to see them get their sea legs under them. I think that's something that is struggling with right now. But, you know, the most baffling part to me about this entire season so far is just the lack of lack of scoring. Right. I mean, at the end of last year, I mean, this, this team was one of the most offensive firepowers in MLS. And right now, I mean, they're just trying to do anything they could possibly do uh, to score a goal on the weekend against DC felt pretty good about that situation, Obviously, scoring three goals, feeling good about that. Uh, but Lucas Alarion, I think my main takeaway, he can't do it all. You know, I know no. that we have high expectations for him. And obviously, he's the best player that we have right now. His offensive prowess is unbelievable. But he just he can't be the only one on the field. Other guys have to start stepping up at some point.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think it's fair. that, or You're right about that. Um, and Luis Diaz has gotten, rightfully so, quite a bit of criticism because he's, you know, getting chances but not finishing those chances he looks dangerous often and I'll actually defend him a little bit and just say I, if if Luis Diaz was a better finisher he probably wouldn't be in this league or right. wouldn't yeah. be on this team because you wouldn't be able to afford you know you might not be able to afford him given that you've already got all these other high-priced players right so like th- this I'm, I'm not saying that justifies anything I'm saying this is kind of to be expected like unfortunately yes you don't have a player who's as dynamic as him that finishes as well as we'd like him to typically making the salary he does in mls he'd either be in another league or he'd be making a lot more money here so he needs to continue to grow into that role and that's the hope is that by the end of the year he's playing back to where he was the end of last year or better you'd like to see that continue i think right now there is just a general lack of sharpness from this team um they have not looked at the last few games. I think they are yeah, they extremely have
1: cohesive at all. You know, not, yeah. Not at all.
0: They're worn down. They have some injuries. You're right that it's a long grind of a season. And they do have to grind. I mean, it. but but make no mistake about it. I mean, you got New York City has scored nine goals on the season. Montreal has scored eight goals out of nowhere. Kind of surprising to me. They're having a good season so far to start the year. Uh, crew have scored three goals yeah. that they've actually scored. Right? So... You know, that is that is a problem. That's one of the worst numbers in the Eastern Conference. So you've got to get that number up better. I mean, Toronto or Toronto, Cincinnati scored two goals on the season. So got to get that got to get that number up. So well, yeah, I guess
1: the good thing about this situation, though, in talking about the lack of firepower, you have only scored, like you said, three goals in open play. Uh, that's not good at all. But the good part is, I mean, you're still in a playoff spot as of today. I mean, I know yeah. it's super. Oh, super- I know. Right. Well, they're worked up about that. But still, I mean, I guess you marry the good with the bad. It's not like you're sitting here with four matches played and zero points. And you're yeah. being to nil. 2-0. You're setting these games and you're getting draws and you're getting points. Last night was the first time that they were unable to get some points out of a game, you know, which sucks. Uh, but at the same time, I-, I feel like this team will come around eventually.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I think once they get their health, I mean, you know, my hope is that they are rounding into form come the middle of the summer. That's where they're going to have to make this up, but they have to start winning games on the road. This is the, the they have not won a true road game. Uh, Cause they won games in Orlando last year, you know, at Disney world, but they have not, you know, but those were neutral site games. They have not won a true road game since September of 2019. I mean, that's, that's not going to get it done. And at not going to get it done in the sense of trying to win the supporter shield. They obviously won MLS cup last year without winning a true road game. So it's not like you can't win in the playoffs per se, Right, but it's the fact that, you know, they did benefit from getting to play a bunch of home games in the playoffs. That's not always going to happen either. You're probably going to have to go on the road at some point and get the job done. So yeah, there's uh, you know, regular season road games. They've got to figure that out. And I, I don't think that anything's off the table right yet, as far as getting to supporter shield or anything like that, but you don't want to let this get too far out of hand. So high expectations. Hopefully, the injury situation, you know, gets better. Hopefully, Kevin Molino can get on the field. I think he's going to add something to this attack uh, that will give guys like Luis Diaz, give guys like Pedro Santos a break, and let you know. And obviously, Pedro's dealing with an injury right now, but let's see what he can do combining with Lucas Elleray on. And I think you'll have a lot of uh, tools at Caleb Porter's disposal to try to figure this out. So I'm. I'm with you. I'm not I'm not panicking yet. It's frustrating. But man, what a frustrating week. Especially too to give up two goals to yeah, of all I people. Was, was. <laughs> oh those two punks, Josie Altador and Michael Bradley. Go to hell, both of you. I can't stand you. Oh.
1: I know. That's what I was I was thinking too. I'm sitting there and I'm watching that game. Bradley gets the first one after it's you know
0: bouncing all around. That was terrible. That's terrible defending. <laughs> Get that I mean, out of yeah, there.
1: it it was it was no good. And he gets the first one, and I'm like, you son of a bitch. You oh, yeah. know, <laughs> I'm like saying that to <laughs> myself. I'm like, ah, this just sucks. Like, what a crappy goal to give up to a crappy player. And I'm like not feeling good. And then, of course, I mean the dagger at the end, they were already dead.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and and, and, and Josie yeah, had I mean, one, uh, had had one rattle off the crossbar. That was a really yeah. great shot from outside of the 18. Josie looked sure great was. on that one. But it didn't go in. And then the goal he gets is one where he just basically is jumping in the air and it bounces off of him as he's already pretty much in the goal. So, yeah, whatever. It, it,
1: I know. And then I was just, like, cursing of myself at the end of the game last night. And I'm like, what? what two worse people to score against you with a just hellaciously horrible week, right? Yeah. I'm like, just – add it to the
0: pile yeah it really was if we're going to do it all in one week let's get it all out of the way here because yeah, this was let's pretty get it done
1: let's get it over with.
0: this is pretty awful so yeah that's that's not great but i will say yeah. that is and i think we can say this definitively that is the worst loss in columbus sc history <laughs> yes that, by far the worst that loss. was uh oh, what a week this has been so we'll turn our attention to the rebrand uh by the way the crew do play sunday 6 p.m uh, so that is, uh, on the road against new England, tough opponent there. So see how that one goes. And then they get a week off or not a week off, but they actually have a regular week. They play again the following Saturday against New York city. Good. So yeah, Good. they need a break some Eastern conference competition. You get Toronto and Chicago and Philly after that. So, I mean, like you've got a lot of ground. You can easily go up or down very quickly over the next five weeks. So, uh, they have got to be ready for that for sure. Uh, but let's talk about this rebrand. Beamer, I've been spouting off about it quite a bit. I'm sure a lot of people know where I stand on it. What, what are your thoughts on uh, Columbus SC, the logo, taking the crew out of the name? How did you feel about that when you saw all that?
1: Uh, You know, it was a little bit overwhelming at first, right? So when we found this out on Sunday, I think leaked images started to come out maybe on Saturday night or into Sunday morning. I don't know. My timeline's all, you know, kind of messed up with this. And it's just... I don't know, man. These owners come in, and you feel really good about the situation, right? You did something. Your team was on the brink of death. And you did something as a community in which we have talked about so much, and you were a great part of, and it it made you proud to live in the city of Columbus, right? I mean, it really did. Grassroots movement to save a franchise from an evil villain trying to take it somewhere else, and something that's your own. And you come in, and you do, and you have D and Jimmy Haslam come in. You have Dr. Pete come in. You're feeling great about it. Two years later, they win MLS Cup. Okay, all is good. You're building a brand-new stadium. So much excitement about the team. Now, we knew that there was going to be a little bit of this, right? I mean, they want to put their own stamp in. They're the people who bought the team. They're the people who are shelling money into it. You know, they can can do, for, for better or worse, what's right with the team, right? All the logos, all the images and they're building a new stadium, and they had built up so much equity with the fan base, right? So much equity, and literally overnight, I mean, it burned down to the ground. You are taking, you know, one of the most iconic teams in MLS, a team that's just coming off of MLS Cup, a team that has the future in front of them and opening up this brand-new stadium this year in downtown Columbus, which looks amazing, and you just lay this out and try to, I don't know, posture your way into saying that, you know, Columbus SC, we want to be more of an international brand. First of all, who the hell cares,
0: yeah, right? right? It's
1: not like someone who is sitting in their basement in Manchester, pissed off at Manchester United for joining the Super League, is going to be like, ah, Columbus Crew, never heard of them. Columbus SC, I'm going to buy a jersey. It just doesn't make sense. I think the one thing you can say about the Anthony Precourt tenure here in Columbus is that the thing that they knocked out of the ballpark was that beautiful logo. that yes. they came up with. You know, that was the one thing. And now you want to get rid of that? You want to water th- water it down? You want to be? I mean, just not at all creative in doing anything. The logo is terrible. I hate the fact that they were going to change the name, and it's just it was stupid all around. It's a stupid decision.
0: It was a stupid decision. Um, here's how here's how stupid it was, and here's how bad it has gone. I just saw this pointed out. Uh, Jason Davis, who is one of the soccer hosts on Sirius XM. Uh, soccer channel what is yeah, it serious serious FC or X whatever that that channel anyway FC or yeah yeah, yeah yeah whatever it's called um he just tweeted out something from reddit which someone pointed out on reddit that the crew's YouTube page has been changed to the kids category presumably by the crew because when you change your YouTube profile as like the as the creator when you change it to be a kid's profile comments get automatically turned off
1: oh my god
0: (laughs) are you serious dead serious dead serious so that means like some child some poor child is just going to be clicking around on youtube kids and all of a sudden there's going to be caleb porter just mean mugging going like well i thought we played really good I thought we did some <laughs> good things. I thought we did some, good. and just that's what yeah, you're going to run yeah, into who's on the a kids. What's
1: the Concacaf referee, and why are they bad?
0: <laughs> right. This is this is this has gone so poorly for them. Um, I I don't want to rehash everything I've said like all week and all that, but just from a timeline perspective, like you said, Beamer, I will add this. Um, the crew went from. It's been it's been about two years they've been doing this. Yeah. Every everything. Yeah. Everything we know seems to point to the fact that at some time in the spring of 2019, so roughly two years ago, the Haslams, when they came to the first games at Cruise Stadium, were underwhelmed with the crowd size. Uh, they thought there should be like instant sellouts. We saved the team. Yay. There's going to be like millions of fans, right? And And no, that didn't happen. And I think there's a billion reasons for that, but I'll say that a few of them probably come from the fact that. There was fatigue after Save the Crew. You know, the city went through a lot. The fan base went through a lot. General sports fans in this town probably were a little sick of hearing about everything related to Columbus soccer. Whether you want to say that's the Crew, Crew SC, Columbus SC, whatever. They were probably a little sick of it. I also think there's a lot of damage done by the pre-court era. No that, doubt. That, had, that you're not going to fix just by saying, hey, we got new owners and uh, yay. Uh, Also, don't forget in 2019, they were not a great soccer team. They they weren't. They didn't play well. There was a lot of transition that year. That that was just not a good team. Um, and and they lost a lot of games later in that season. Um, but the point is, they've turned that around clearly and got it to a level where they went from that to winning MLS Cup. You have MLS Cup. You have the new stadium. It feels like any of the rebrand stuff could have easily at some point when everyone was telling you it's a bad idea, when people stopped you and, you know, when you asked supporters and they all told you, this is dumb, don't do this. You'd think after winning MLS Cup and knowing you're opening a new stadium, you would push it back a year and just say, let's see how this all goes. You know, let's see what happens. And then if it does go poorly... Well, we'll, well, then we'll 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 go from there, right? If we don't sell this stadium out and if people are still kind of iffy on the brand, then fine. Maybe a rebrand needs to happen. But I think they just got down a pathway where they, they were convinced after a few months of owning the team, we need to change this, and they wouldn't listen to anybody else's reason. And when I say they, I mean the Haslam family, because I do not think Dr. Pete had a big hand in this. I think Dr. Pete was trying to tell them the same thing the supporters were, and I don't think they listened to him. That's just my opinion. So uh, maybe I'm making fan fiction on that. <laughs> maybe that's just because I like Dr. Pete a little bit more than I like the Haslam's. I don't know. But the reality is I do think that's where this all comes from. Um, and yeah, so so just, the good thing is there's a statement out there where they've at least started to acknowledge. They didn't apologize. Yeah. They didn't unwind it. But they have started to acknowledge they need to work with the supporters. I, I am uh, hopeful that that means not just like we're gonna to talk to you about other things I'm hopeful that that means they're gonna put everything on the table and say we can take this whole logo and scrap it if that's what we need to do that's well, that's where they should start ago, I
1: mean that. the Chicago fire did it we talked about that on on one of our episodes
0: yeah we did yeah we they, we,
1: they got so much backlash they're like oh this is pretty bad let's uh let's go back on this
0: one. well and they and so they still have that terrible logo but they already had said it was bad and they're gonna redo it for next year like they they're working right now to do it I'm sure at some point in the next few months we'll see a New logo from them that will be, you know, that will emerge from this process that they're doing. But they're actually working with their supporters and trying to figure it out. So, I I don't know, Beamer. I mean, I I think the part that the part that hurts here is that the supporters did tell them what to do and did give them heads up, and they ignored it. And then once the backlash started, they kind of doubled down. That's the part that's frustrating. You can still unwind that. You can still fix this, but. I just don't know what the point was when all of your loyal fans are saying, we don't need to do this. I don't know why you don't just say, huh, everyone's yelling at us and we have a new stadium opening. Maybe we should just pause. But the answer is they'd already ordered the signs to go on the new stadium. They'd already ordered all the stuff to go in the new stadium that has this logo on it. They didn't, they just wanted to get it done and roll it out and do it. And it's blown up in their face. Spectacularly blown up in their face.
1: I think it's, um, I think it's a lot of arrogance, you know, yeah, I, I really, do.
0: that's a good word for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think it is. I think it's, I think it's pretty arrogant to, to say, you know, all right, yeah, we're going to ask you know the Nordeca, we're going to ask our supporters, but you know what? They're the diehard fans. They're going to be fine. Uh, they're going to be the ones that come to the stadium and they'll always have our backs no matter what. And so it doesn't matter necessarily what they think we're already, we're always going to have their support. We came in, we're the saviors doesn't matter what we do again we have built up so much equity we just won mls cup and i know that they were doing this well before mls cup and you hoist the trophy but it's just it is man it's it's pure arrogance to think that you weren't going to have backlash and they were thinking yeah we were already going to have the pocket of crew fans that are diehard and would care about this and if we can grow our brand and un- open or open this new stadium to everybody else who maybe is a necess- you know a neutral fan let's say then we're going to do that but to me, I don't know one person that has said like, oh, this new logo, it's kick ass. Like, be yeah. more generic, you know? Yeah, there's,
0: I've seen people who have said it doesn't bother me that much. Or I guess after I've looked at it, it's not as bad as I first thought. I've not seen anyone who was like, I was iffy on the last logo. I love this logo. I am motivated to go to games or like this this reinvigorates my excitement for the team. I've not seen anybody like that. And I can tell you when the last rollout happened, when they switched from the hard hat guys to the one we have now, the circular one, there were a lot of people who were like, you know, I I didn't I didn't know what was going to happen, but now that I see this new logo, I love it. It's better than the hard hat guys. I'll still like the hard hat logo, but this is way better. This is modern. This is awesome. I yeah. saw a lot of people with that. Not as many people, nowhere close to that with this. So the logo itself is just bad. But the bigger issue is the process involved just did not involve the fans the way it should. So it, yeah, the, I guess I would say to crew fans, there's this don't give up now. Like don't, don't just like say, yeah, Oh, okay. You know well, what? they, they sent a little letter and said, no, yeah, we're going. sorry. Or well, they, they didn't actually say they're sorry. They just said, we know we need to change some things and whatever, like go actually make sure this gets done. I think everything should to, be on the table. Like,
1: if you wanted to redo the logo, I think you know that's fine. You want to put your own little stamp about it. The most egregious thing to me was watering it down and calling us Columbusists. Oh
0: God, yeah. I, we, I I'm with you. I'm with you on that because it's,
1: it's by far, it's by far the most egregious thing. You want to tinker and you want to tweak the logo, cool, that's fine. I don't not necessarily saying everybody's attached to the logo. I think it's pretty damn good. But if you want to tweak it and you want to put your stamp as an ownership group on it, that's totally fine. Yeah. The egregiousness to remove the Columbus crew name. In which nothing is wrong with it, and it's own it's your own unique thing, and you have, and you're proud to represent the city, and you know exactly what that means: hard hat, lunch pail, blue collar, and just to throw that all away to make Don Garber happy.
0: I mean, it's it's yeah, crazy. yeah. I I do think that what, I think, bo- he had what-
1: a, I think he had a lot of say in it. To be
0: honest, do you? Yeah, I, think- I mean, I don't, I don't. I tend to think he more or less got this and was like, "Oh, nice, getting rid of crew, awesome." Like, I don't think he was opposed to it. I I will tell you, though, the Haslam's when they first got to town and this has become a little bit more known, they flat out were asking supporters groups and, you know, people around. They were asking, can we change from black and gold? Because that's the Steelers colors. No. And they and they had to be told like that is no, you cannot do that. So what I'm saying is they they came into town like, what can we change? We want to put our stamp on it. We bought like there. There's this thing of we bought the team. We want to make it our own. And, and, I and get, that's fine. I get a part of that comes from they thought, well, everybody hates pre-court. This is his logo. Why would you want that if you hate pre-court? And that's where it takes a little because bit more. Because it's actually good. Yeah, it <laughs> takes a little... Well, we didn't hate Greg Berhalter, right? I mean, Greg Berhalter was a fine coach, too. It, I don't think anybody would be opposed to him still being the head coach of the Columbus crew if it had, you know, worked out that way. He was getting the national team job. You know what I mean? And so, obviously, Caleb Porter comes in and he's done fantastic. He's but arguably you could say a better coach. I mean, they got it done, right? They won an OS Cup with better players, I think. I mean, I wonder what Greg, you know, would have done with those players. But still, the point is we like Greg Burhalter He was also a hire of Anthony Precourts. Let's not like confuse the issue here. Like you can like some things from an ownership group, but also think that Anthony Precourt himself is a terrible human and a scumbag and want nothing to do with him. So I just think once they got into that mode of we've got to change everything pre-court and also we don't like black and gold because we're Browns people and, you know, how are we going to market this to our Browns fans? I just think they've got some of these things in their heads. They just got to get over. Just got to get over the fact the team is black and gold. They're called the crew. Non-starters. Do not take those things away. Change. Yeah. The logo I don't think is bad, but I guess the last thing I'll say on this, don't tell people it's a tweak. When you literally threw the logo away, you can't. They kept saying like we're just we're just updating the branding, we're just tweaking it a little bit. That's not a tweak. A tweak means take the SC out of the name, go back to being Columbus Crew because SC was added during pre court's time. That's the part you doubled down on. I don't. You wanted to get rid of the pre court era, get rid of the SC. That's the part everybody hates. But then keep the crew, center that in the little circle logo, maybe clean up the middle of that logo if you don't like some of the, you know, the checkerboard or the, the stripes or the little 96 sure. that like, you could make that a little more simpler, I guess. Like Ohio State has done that with their logo. That's what I thought we were talking about when they said tweak. I didn't think they were going to just ditch the logo and start over with this stupid C triangle thing. Like what even is that stupid triangle? It's just... <laughs> it's so bizarre, man. And there, by the way, there is a great Twitter handle: the Columbus Triangle. Um, that's where I, I'm, I am now locked into all things Columbus Triangle. As far as like just mocking this, I will call this the Triangle Era. Like I am, I am fully in on like that's the part of this legacy that we just laugh at when we can eventually laugh at it, right? I mean, that's that's where I come to. So, all right. Take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk with an MLS Cup legend, a surprise guest on the podcast. Yes. We're going to talk with Gino Padula, former crew legend, now running the Sporting Padula Soccer Academy. You'll find out what he's up to and his thoughts on the redesigned logo coming up next. You're listening to Bone & Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So I thought we would talk to someone who knows a little bit about winning a championship and trying to defend a championship for the Columbus crew. He is 2008 MLS Cup champion, 2008-2009 Supporter Shield winner, now runs the Sporting Padula Academy, spsocceracademy.com to check it out. Gino Padula. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, man, now that you're here. Glad to talk to you. Let's talk about a little bit of what you saw over the last uh, 12 months with this Columbus crew team. They win a championship. You know how that feels and how amazing that is. Now they're trying to defend that championship, and you also know how difficult that is. What do you think is uh, going through these guys' minds right now? What do you think this offseason's been like for them a little
2: bit? It's a big challenge because um, everyone wants to be the champions uh, the following year. So, But I think... uh, we, we have a very good squad, good roster, and a very good coach.
0: Obviously, the Argentine connection still exists. Uh, Lucas El via Mexico. Uh, what have you thought of Lucas El as you've gotten to see him just over his time in Columbus, not necessarily just this year?
2: Well, I, I knew him from Argentina when he played for Belgrano. and yeah, Like five, six years ago, he was very young, and, but you could see it, the potential he has five, six years ago. Uh, and for me, it's a, it's a different play in the league. And um, He showed to everyone last year, and this year is one of the top three players in MLS. Um, and with Valenzuela, I think they have a very good connection. And um, uh, I think Milton, also he played for, for the national team this year, Argentina national team. But I think Solarian he, he made the difference for our team uh, last year and this year.
0: Does it make you proud that there's another Argentine holding down the left back spot in Milton Valenzuela? Is that kind of cool for you to see?
2: Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, I feel very proud, you know, how Valenzuela played the last uh, three, four years because I think he played so well. He he. he we we are a little bit similar. Like we we like to go forward. Mm-hmm. He, he arrived to to the club uh, very young, you know. When when I arrived to to the crew, I was 32, 33. But um, I feel very proud when I see Argentinian players play for Columbus Crew with Celarayan and and Valenzuela. I think uh, that reminded me when Guillermo and I we played together. So. The, I'm feel very proud of that. You know, two Argentinian players who win the MLS Cup last year was was amazing.
0: Well, let's talk about that because you you obviously have deep roots to uh, Argentina. Um, you you know that that soccer economy and the way the people you know in that country watch soccer it's obviously a huge passion. I remember the photo of seeing Guillermo's jersey at a Boca game people climbing the fences there, you know, at La Bombonera. And, you know, just just that is that is a brand, the Columbus Crew, that means something in Argentina to some people because they saw guys like you, guys like Kijay playing here, uh, obviously Federico Higuain, and now, you know, uh, continues on. So what do you know of what people think? We hear a lot about the international brand of the Columbus Crew. What, what do you know? Do people in Argentina think of columbus are they familiar with columbus because of the crew
2: well in in 2008 um like i say the mls i think uh was a different lead than we have right now now um when i I remember um in 2008 my family in argentina they could watch few games during the season especially the final when we play against new york but I think this year, um, well, in the last two, three years, the MLS uh, attract a lot of Argentinian players, um, uh, like Pete Martinez, Barcos in Atlanta. Yeah. A lot of players moved to um, to the MLS, and you can see the, the fans in Argentina. We are a little crazy with soccer. But they followed the MLS more in the last two, three years because it's a lot of Argentinian players start playing in this league. So, um, and I think uh, it's important for the crew have the connection with Argentina, with the MLS, because we have very good talent, young players in our league. And also you have played like Juan Chope Avila. He played as a forward for Boca Juniors, one of the biggest clubs in Argentina, and he just to sign a contract with Minnesota. So it's very important, um, the MLS right now in Argentina. It's, if you compare the MLS like 10 years ago, it's a big different you know, they, we have new stadiums. Uh, we have more teams. So it's very attractive for the Argentinian fans in, our, in Buenos Aires and, and in the entire country.
0: Sorry to make you talk so much about Boca Juniors. I know you're a river guy. So
2: Yeah, I'm sorry, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. You, you
0: brought up Pity Martinez, so that's good. He's a river guy. He's, he's, he's all right.
2: <laughs> yeah, after we beat Boca in Madrid two years <laughs> ago, to be honest, after that win, uh, uh, that become me the most happy guy in the world after the <laughs> final
0: I so. bet you were I can, I, bet. I can
2: lose every single game right now with your play. Fine. <laughs> I bet you were
0: um, well let's let's talk a little bit about that because you've you've got so much experience you played in in England you played in Argentina obviously and you've played in MLS um, you know this this thing that the crew are trying to do they've got the new logo the new brand you've been all over the world playing soccer. How does that logo look to you? Does that look like the new crew logo that they came up with with the kind of weird C thing? Does that does that look like an international brand? They keep talking about international. You're you're international. You've been everywhere. Does that look like something you'd see anywhere else?
2: Well, uh, it's very funny because I like the the first logo from the crew. You know, the three crew guys. That was my <laughs> favorite logo. Yeah, the hard hats. Uh, yeah, yeah you know uh, but this this is something like pe- most of the people don't like the new logo what they saw in the social media mm-hmm. um but um it's, it's a decision the new owners make um you can like or not but in some point it's, it doesn't matter the logo It's more about the club uh, i think we need to be more than happy uh, to keep the club here in columbus because you reminder or three years ago um we were very close to lose our club here so have this logo or the old logo doesn't matter for me at this point because the more important thing we have a new stadium uh we want another MLS Cup. uh i love the first logo to be honest mm-hmm. but things change and i think uh uh we need to be like i say uh we, we need to feel proud to keep the team here. This is more important than if we like the logo, or we don't like the logo. Because if you remind two years ago, everyone was very upset, sad, <laughs> yeah. disappointed. Yeah. So, But it's part of the business, I think.
0: One other thing I wanted to get into with you, you mentioned the stadium. How excited are you to see that? You you obviously, like we talked about, from Argentina, you've played all over the world, but you make your home here now and... You have a lot of connections to this club. What will it mean to you when you get to go to that new stadium for the first time?
2: It's amazing. Have a new stadium. I know uh, uh, we have very good memory with the Mafra Stadium, but I think it's uh, that will have very good impact, not just for Columbus Crew, also for the city. Have a new stadium in downtown, and it's amazing. Have a new stadium um, for the first MLS club who have a. MLS stadium, you know, in 1996, and now in 2021, uh, it's amazing. I, I don't know how I can describe this because um, I wish I can play in that stadium. You know, <laughs> I, I cannot, I cannot run anymore. I cannot be part of the of the team inside the field. But um, I'm, I still going. To, two games I, you know I love to watch the crew games when I can and uh, that will be amazing because I have two kids especially my youngest one he never seen me play and sometimes he doesn't understand why the people say hello to me in the stadium um, but I, I hope in the future he's only seven why not he can play in that stadium and I can watch him play for Columbus crew
0: wow well that would be quite the legacy for sure and uh you know, a lot of a lot of fans remember you when you played, obviously, and have fond memories. But what is it what what do you take away when you see when you see the fans are upset, do you think that the ownership should listen to the fans, you know, given all they do for the team? How do you feel about the connection of fans to the club?
2: Well, I think all the owners need to listen to fans, not just in Columbus Green, all the clubs around the world. Because by the end of the day the fans are always there. We can change players, we can change coaches, we can change owners, but the fans will be there forever. So it's important to to listen to the fans, what they think, what they expect. Uh, But if if they make a decision, you know, um, it's fine. Like I said, for me, it's more important how the team compete this year and the new stadium and try to improve the team every year try to play international tournaments and the logo is a it's a big part of the history of the crew but in the last 10 11 years we we had three different logos and the club <laughs> is still there yeah yeah you know so uh, i think uh, like i say we we have a we have good owners who care about the the fans but by the end of the day, this is a business. And when you run a business, you have to make your decisions.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, let's talk about what you're doing now. Um, you are coaching and you're giving back to the game, which I think is awesome. Uh, you're bringing your experience, the Sporting Padula Soccer Academy. What do you love about coaching the game of soccer? What, why, why did you decide to go into that as opposed to just doing
2: something else? In every single team I play, either in Argentina, England, Spain, France, or here. I always love to watch as many games as I can. I was very vocal during the games. I like the tactics. I like asking coaches, why are we training this? Why are we training that way? I talked to my fitness coaches. Uh, and after, like I say, uh, I knew that I, I want to become a coach when I turned 28, 29. Because I love the game, uh, and when I, my I think my last two years here in Columbus Crew, we did some uh, clinics w- w- with Columbus Crew with the kids, and I really enjoy. And of course, it's it's complete different coaching kids and coach professional soccer teams, uh, soccer players, sorry. But um, when when I did two or three clinics here around Columbus, I, I really love it. And then in two thousand. Um, nine, I get my B license in 2010 I get my A license and after my last year I decided to move to Columbus and open a soccer academy here because um, we love the city, we love the country and I love soccer so and I love teaching the kids but not just about soccer about principles about commitment about the passion for the game. Because here in, in U.S. is is different than in Argentina. In Argentina, ninety five percent of the kids they play soccer, but here in U.S. you have football, you have basketball, you have other sports. But I think um, uh, that was a great opportunity for me after I retired in two thousand ten. I think that was December to open the academy in two thousand eleven, and to be honest, I really enjoy. It. I really enjoy coaching the boys, the girls, because I spend every day uh, on the soccer field teaching the kids from any age group. Because I think uh, in, in in US you have a great potential here. I think we need to have uh, uh, as many coaches with good education. Try to have patience with the kids, um, but the kids, they need to understand this is this is a game. They can win, lose but they need to play with passion. They need to follow their dreams, you know? So this is my goal from day one when I opened the academy.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really well said. And, you know, as someone who has grown up watching, playing youth sports here and, and watching my brother played a lot of soccer growing up, I saw a lot of different coaches. I have kids now that plays, you know, sports and play some soccer. And one thing I notice about youth sports and youth soccer is there's a lot of yelling, that tends to happen from some coaches. Um, is that is that is that something that uh, you think is helpful? Uh, if it's just general shouting or do you think I'm just curious, is your philosophy on you know how do you th- what do you look for in a coach? What are you looking for when you're finding people who can help with the kids? What is your philosophy on instruction and coaching in a game?
2: Well my philosophy, you know when before I hire any coach in the club, I have a meeting with each coach and then each coach have to do tryout with me. I invite them to see the way I like day training. Um, For me, it's important they be in the same page like I am. So it's not. It's, it's a lot of yelling from some coaches in the sideline, yes, around youth soccer. And I can see this every single weekend during tournaments. Uh, um, you need to let the kids playing we need to try to support them, but at the same time, those kids, they feel too much pressure, not just from coaches sometimes, also from the sideline, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the kid, they need to, if you enjoy, not just in soccer, if you enjoy, your, you know, if you have a job and you like your boss and you are happy every day, you can do a better job. If the same thing happened in soccer. If your coach believes in you and you believe in yourself and you are not afraid to make a mistake, you can improve a little quicker. But if you are afraid to make a bad pass or make a mistake, uh, this is not healthy for the kids. They cannot play with the afraid. They need to enjoy. But at the same time, I like to challenge the players. I want to move those players. doesn't matter if they are A, B, C, or D level every player have a room to improve this is something from day one in our academy i decide to do it our academy is we have uh, high level teams b level cd levels but everyone is welcome because i think everyone deserves the chance to improve but uh, our coaches are very positive you know uh, i try to talk to the parents to help the kids on the sidelines support them all the time And I think, like I say, uh, in the last 10 years, I think we have a, a very good reputation here as a club. This is important for me because you can win or lose, but it's different ways to winning games and losing games. You know, I like our teams try to play good soccer. If we lose one game because the other team is better than us, fair enough. But the effort had to be there. The commitment for training had to be there. And the more important thing, the families have to support the kids
0: spsocceracademy.com is the website if you want to find out more about Gino's Academy. Uh, so you mentioned it; it it's you know A level teams down to you know some kids maybe that are probably a little newer to the sport. What ages are we talking about? What what kind of uh, age groups are if if a parent is listening and they want to bring their kids over to a tryout? What are we talking about there?
2: Yeah, our academy from U four from three years old to nineteen years old, boys and girls. We have different, we have high-level teams who play uh, NPL, one of the most important league here in Ohio. We traveled for showcases to uh, in Ohio and outside Ohio. And also we do some tours. We went to England two years ago before that COVID situation that happened. Uh, and we have teams who play more local in Columbus, Dayton, Cleveland. So we had different levels, uh, uh, but... Uh, doesn't matter which level you can play, you know, is each kid is more than welcome to join to our tryouts in two weeks uh, and try to have a good spring with us and try to uh, make their goals. For some kids it's playing high school, for some kids it's playing college, and for some kids it's playing professional. And for the, for the kids who want to play soccer just because they love the game, they are more than welcome, you know so um like i say is is open for all this all the levels from u4 to u19 that's
0: great um and you said you have you have trials coming up soon you're uh trying out players and i know you're also looking for coaches too right
2: yeah we let's say every year we we're always looking for coaches because um as much as you growing you need good coaches in the club so if everyone is interested they can contact at academy you know they can go to the website you, they can call our office at 614-496-3930 uh, and i can have an interview with them so they are more than welcome and yeah, and tryout start I think is June 1st um, after me- Memorial Day weekend. The first week for the youngest group, U7 to U12, is from uh, uh, Tuesday to Saturday that week. And um, for the oldest group, U13 and U19, in the second week, it start Monday, June 7th at Cooper Park in Westerville. Uh, so we have. Uh, two different parks with two minutes uh, apart. So it's Cooper Park and Castro Park in West So the registration is open. Um, so uh, if you're some born in 2012, you go to the website and you can see all the registration. We have two different programs, elite teams and premier teams. So, um, and they can visit our website if they are looking for more information uh, or they can call us and we can contact them back.
0: Perfect. SPSoccerAcademy.com. He is Gino Padula, MLS champion. Thanks so much for the time, Gino. Best of luck this season with your teams.
2: Okay, thank you very much. And I hope uh, we win another MLS Cup this year. Why not?
0: Well said as always, Gino. There you go. That is it for us on Bone and Beam United. We will be back next week to talk about more soccer and maybe have a different logo for the crew. Who knows? Fingers crossed, right? That's it for us. Till next time, enjoy the soccer this weekend. We'll see you.